This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them but do everything to make sure they not only grow but flourish that's why navy federal credit union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky high rates so don't hesitate start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options navy federal credit union our members are the mission Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Oh my gosh, podcasts. What a thing to exist in the world. It's like the radio, but forever. I'm Robert Evans, and this is Behind the Bastards podcast. Bad people talk about them, yada, yada, yada. You know the drill. Most of you have probably listened before. And if not, this episode will be completely baffling because today I have my buddies and my favorite podcasters, uh, Dan and Jordan from the podcast Knowledge Fight. Dan, Jordan. Hello. Years ago, many years Years. ago, when when my podcast was new and your podcast was like a year old, um, I did episode 350. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Um, we have 400 episodes of behind the bastards it's wild how many you guys put out uh unhealthy yeah but we had a so we did like um i did a three-parter on alex jones which is how when i started dropping it people were like you need to listen to this podcast knowledge fight and i did and so i had you on to do a fourth episode about alex um and then a couple of years went by and covid happened and we have not returned to alex jones on my show uh but a lot has happened with the man that is true (laughs) and i figured rather than try and write another two-parter about what's happened to alex since i should have you do that because I'm a lazy man. And also <laughs> I think it's fair to say at this point, you know more about Alex Jones than any man alive. And Jordan I, maybe <laughs> knows the second most about Alex Jones. <laughs> Jordan is blessed with a uh, shorter memory. So he's forgotten yeah. a ton about Alex Jones. Uh, you could say that I've forgotten more about Alex Jones than any man alive. That I've, is, that is hard, hard to, hard to argue with. <laughs> I've now officially been in a room with Alex Jones. Uh, That's very exciting. I I would say that probably I know more about him than he does. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 
So that's so I got doesn't feel good for for people who are maybe confused. If you are just jumping in, Dan and Jordan host a. It used to be like three times a week. It still occasionally is, but at least twice a week you'll put out episodes chronicling both Alex's present day adventures uh and also you'll go back like 20 years and you'll talk about like what he was doing on dates in like 2002 and you'll go through like whole whole spiels there um you because of your unparalleled knowledge of alex uh wound up in contact with the lawyers some of the lawyers who are representing the people who are suing him for a myriad of terrible things that he has done yeah Um, yeah i've been i've been in contact with the folks for the texas sandy hook lawsuits mm -hmm. the uh the mark bankston and uh, bill ogden And, and part of that has been you were in the room while alex was deposed in order to like potentially lend you know whatever <laughs> advice and stuff has yep. did that did did being in the same physical space as him did that influence at all kind of your thinking on him or how because you know it, it's got to be to be this deep into somebody's life and then finally be in a room with them did that have any kind of impact i guess other than just like novelty let me let me say that it was not as much as you might expect. <laughs> I I definitely had it built up in my head of like the moment he walks in the room I'm going to panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I I I think I said it uh, like even years ago on the podcast is like if I ever see him in public or see him anywhere I'm just going to throw up on site. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. just going to be so overwhelmed. And it wasn't really. It was just sort of like, I, I liken it to like when I got my first tattoo. Like I thought it was yeah. going to be like, this is life changing. Mm. And then as soon as I got it, I was like, ah, this isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that was kind of how it was sitting there. But at the same time, it's like he he's now a real person in as much as I have seen him. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit like the inverse of that. Never meet your heroes idiom, you know, where it's like, Oh, the, every time you meet your heroes, it's going to be disappointing because they're not the larger than life figure that it's all. It's like, never meet your, your foils, never meet, yeah, never your, meet your enemies. Cause they're, they're just, it's just an asshole in a room at the end of the day. You True. know, yeah. And I think that I think that most of the things I could take away from being there actually are just the same things you'd get from watching the deposition, which is just like he doesn't know shit. He doesn't, <laughs> yeah. He's making stuff up. He's angry. His body language is different. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, it wasn't as enlightening as maybe I'd hope. It wasn't as overwhelming. It's interesting. I think a big part of that is that he didn't recognize you. True. That's the the yeah. biggest least, part of that. If he did, he is the best actor. <laughs> yeah, ever. exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so Alex Jones just sees some bearded dude in there and is like, "This is a new guy." Mm. Not thinking like this guy has devoted his fucking last ten five years of his life to me. That, <laughs> that would be help. weird. Like if somebody did that to me for my shows, I wouldn't know how to handle like talking with them, whether they were positive or negative. I think I would be equally frightened. Like, I think mm. someone doing that out of love is just as unsettling as them doing it out of hate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'd probably rather talk to somebody who hated me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause at least I get like that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's you're weird. like the voice in my head. The person who hates me <laughs> might have some valid criticism. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so shall we, where do you want to start here, Dan? Well, I kind of figured the bus when, when we, uh, discussed the idea of doing this, I kind of thought about it and like, we could talk for hours and hours if we wanted to get granular with stuff. Um, but I figured that since the last time we spoke, the three feel like the majorest things Mm -hmm. that have happened have been COVID, uh, obviously January 6th and Ukraine. 
And so I wanted to hit on those uh, topics and sort of uh, get into a little bit of how those were covered uh, on Alex's show. Uh, and uh, you know, I've got some clips. Dope. Uh, and then I imagine we'll chat about what's been going on in his legal world. Um, yes. Yeah. Although you guys, I, I also would, would push people towards the episodes you've done. Ooh, somebody's having fun with a car where you are. That's true. Um, I will also push people towards the episodes you guys have done uh, with the lawyers who are going after Jones and just kind of chronicling the court cases because there's a lot of depth there. But yeah, let's start with uh, what you want to do first. All right. Well, uh, I figured we would uh, dive into the uh, the beginnings of COVID-19. Right. Uh, back, you know, when we're talking about it as the coronavirus, <laughs> the novel coronavirus. Right. I remember. Uh, um, you know, oh, I so- miss those days. <laughs> it was a simple like time when you when you make a friend and the first time you meet them they give you like the name they use at work but then you find out they've got like some sort of nickname that everyone calls them that's close to them and you like divide your friendship up with them with like oh this is when you were Aaron but now I know your 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 ball hair Billy or something like that yeah you know? yeah yeah you, yeah. you nailed that Dan, <laughs> Dan was Thank the you. same way when he found out I was DB Cooper that oh, was that, it that, blew his mind mm-hmm. yeah I still is. haven't gotten over how your ball hair <laughs> two, Billy two a lot of eras. people don't know that including the fbi so, um who is our, the primary audience of our podcasts oh yeah well you're in trouble yeah well, that sounds about right all right so uh, uh yeah let's let's start so when uh covid was just only in china you remember these 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 early days uh one of the things that i think is really really uh fascinating to look back on because of how the world is now um Early on, Alex had a very doom and gloom type of take about COVID. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he'd have Mike Adams come on the show regularly and say that it was over for human civilization. There will only be lone survivors. They're going to be scouring the land like it's <laughs> yeah. fallout. Yes. It, <laughs> trying to find scraps. It, 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 the cannibalism was going to happen in weeks. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, I'm never, because I, I remember fondly that period of like y'all covering uh, Mike Adams and covering Alex. Um it's always fascinated me as things have continued to get so much uglier in the world, how optimistic that is to think there's a level of stupidity where the world would just fall apart as opposed to like, we have this, we're like Mr. Burns with all of those diseases that are in perfect balance <laughs> are stupid as a species and are smart as in such balance that like, even as everything careens towards a nightmare, we'll, we'll keep the, we'll keep the fucking, we'll keep the, we'll keep it going. It's like a, it's like a 1980s Toyota Corolla. That's civilization. <laughs> like it's, it's not, comfortable or good and it's always failing but it keeps moving somehow so so your take on it is uh, everyone becomes a cannibal within 15 days is a optimistic <laughs> yeah because kind of. that means it's possible for us to fuck this up enough that it ends and i don't know that it is did 28 days later end like a, on an optimistic note didn't it didn't it, it did i only it watched did. the first movie which did not it did. It, they were in the they were in the uh, mountains, and then they put up well, one of those giant uh, Swiss Family Robinson signs, yeah. and then there was a plane that flew over, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna be safe." Oh, and I then guess. they learned that zombies could fly planes. Zombies can fly planes. I guess I was saying it's negative because it it posits a world in which there are still there are still the British, which sure, is sure, a, a deeply unsettling sense. future. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, sorry. you would agree. Alex would agree with you in 2003. <laughs> he believes that the British are the biggest uh, problem in the world. 
Um, so also, like early on in the pandemic, you would have Francis Boyle on all the time to make up stuff about the virus being a man-made bioweapon. And these Excellent. were kind of the the main thrusts of a lot of his uh, his narratives. And that was really... Oh, sorry. sorry. No, I mean, that's just really gotten adopted by a lot of the broader right wing. That's true. That is true. But it's it it has kind of not really... It's been tweaked by Alex in the present... Whereas, like, back then, it was very extreme stuff about the virus. The virus was a man-made bioweapon, and that was what was going to kill you. Whereas yeah. now, it's like, well, no, it's a mild thing, but the vaccines are right. going to, to kill you. You know, it's, it's, it's shifted. And I think a lot of that is also uh, where the right wing lands. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the man-made bioweapon stuff, Alex was pretty, pretty on the early tip. Um, so the, most of the stuff he was going on about at that point was really just in service of selling his survival food and his colloidal silver products that he was heavily implying and sometimes even saying could protect you from every virus like needed. He, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to say like this cures COVID and no, protects you no, from no, COVID, no. but he, that's a little dangerous. He would say all viruses. Yeah. And that got him in trouble with the. It's amazing. Uh, oh, that did get him in trouble. Okay. Yeah. 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 He got a good. cease and desist letter from the uh, FTC, I believe. <laughs> I mean, thank God they did something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> Letitia James, how about it? You got it, baby. And then Alex started calling her a demon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so, what are you gonna do? Yeah. He had to stop selling his silver <laughs> toothpaste and go to a charcoal toothpaste yeah, uh, that his dad had yep. made. That's a lateral move, I would suggest. Yeah. And so he the, was okay. Does the charcoal toothpaste do better at the COVID, or did they just get sued out of making the silver toothpaste? You, he he has never mentioned charcoal being a cure for COVID. <laughs> oh, that's good. He, he learned his lesson. So, like, it, he was really trying to amplify and exaggerate stuff. And so he would take all these opportunities early on to take stories and misrepresent them, uh, like about the death numbers. The, like, early February 2020, he was going on about this uh, uh, regarding uh, China massively downplaying their death numbers. Coronavirus situation and all these top biological weapons experts. And, and top scientists scanning the virus and saying it's man-made. We've got to get ahead of this. And if you notice the virus numbers, maybe we can punch those back up for a moment while we're waiting for the president. The official World Health Organization says 28,000 confirmed. When I walked in here a few minutes ago, it was 24,000. But the internal Chinese numbers that leaked and were actually published in China by the People's Daily said 24,000 dead yesterday. So what we think they're doing is they're just putting the number of dead as the number of infected. Think about it. Think so, about know, that. Yeah, that would be something. <laughs> it would be if he wasn't just sort of misrepresenting a meme that he had seen of some accidental uh, <laughs> misprint. But yeah, so he, he was really trying to accelerate and increase the fear surrounding the virus because that was what was best for business at the time. It was totally. only over in China. Uh, there weren't cases uh, being reported here. And so Alex was able to go all over the place at the beginning of 2020. Um, and he had to because there was no real way to tell how it was going to land. And so he needed to he needed to get started building a lot of things like right. a lot of irons in the fire. He was big on the Wuhan lab uh, leak theory early, uh, but he was actually more convinced uh, that the virus was made in a Canadian uh, national microbiology lab in Winnipeg. 
and then it was sent to Wuhan uh, where it was released. That well, was I mean, yeah, I, I feel like there's probably a similar situation with like bioweapons and movies where if you make one in Canada, you get a bunch of tax breaks. So sure. yeah, that, that completely scans to me. I imagine you would make your bioweapons in the same place as you make X-Files for similar reasons. And now that we know about Trudeau being a tyrant of course yeah absolutely um, his i mean obviously his main goal with the covid bioweapon that he created was to once again burn down the white house uh restoring canada to its former glory mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is classic I mean, I, trudeau, they, <laughs> classic all, trudeau. they've always been the enemy i think we can all agree that on that that that's that's why we hired garrison um in order to, you know you got to keep your enemies close obviously um, smart yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so they're the, other they're thing the too- macbook sorry i was gonna make an independence day joke <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing too that alex did that was really fun was that he um uh he got into for a couple of days the uh umbrella corporation conspiracy theory the uh right. there was remember like that the logo of the like, guys who, from fucking uh resident uh, evil resident yes. evil yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. Their logo was similar. (laughs) No, oh, there was somebody. Do you remember the person who tried to turn Raccoon City into like? Okay, so if you anagram these words and add Corona and add like two letters, it's Corona. And also, there you go. It's Mm -hmm. Resident Evil predictive programming. It was there all the time. Yeah, I shot a zombie in Resident Evil Five one time, and that was Fauci. Mm -hmm. You have to like he. Alex believes that like the the evil globalist cabal like sneak hints about the future in the media right that's like yeah. a thing for him they have to do that yeah it, it would be, it's, it's, it's part of the it's part of the interdimensional contract mm-hmm. the demons have yeah. with the uh, with this uh this universe yeah, it's, it's like f- lesser magic <laughs> you have to you, people have to give permission mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's extremely <laughs> funny that like the demons would be like all right you can put together a plague that kills six million people but You've got a signpost at 25 years <laughs> earlier in a video game for the PlayStation 1. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to put it uh, somehow a hint to it in the cool spot video game. <laughs> the main problem is that fiddle contests went out of style, so mm-hmm. nobody had any way to fight back against them. Yeah, I, I, we, we will know that uh, this is true when it turns out the actual cure for COVID involved mixing a bunch of bunch of herbs and solving a puzzle. <laughs> it could Fauci it could just be. couldn't get that puzzle solved. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that uh, you need to put Ebola in a jar with some booze. <laughs> that's uh, the, yeah, that's the cure for COVID. That, that, that is what Mike Adams <laughs> believes. Yep. All right, please continue. So, yeah, Alex misrepresented preprint studies that would later be retracted in order to prove that the virus had like telltale signs of human creation. But one of the theories he was pushing hard early on that he has intentionally forgotten about since was that the virus was a race specific bioweapon. This bio attack is race specific, targeting specifically Chinese military age males. And then almost all the people infected and almost all of those dying are males. Yeah. So early on, because the virus was predominantly in China, Alex was pitching this narrative that it was a race specific bioweapon. There were all kinds of theories about like yeah. what the point of it would have right. been. And yeah. I want to remind people that Alex is always right. Always. 99% of the time. That is and what one he of the says. Things- you can find it on Twitter. Plenty of people, they'll point out that, hey, listen, whatever you say about his politics, his predictions are 99% Shockingly accurate. accurate. Always accurate. That is it's like crazy. the Joe Rogan crew keeps saying that. And it's like, right. yeah, 
He was saying they were going to kill every military-aged Chinese man with a plague. And it's, and it's interesting because, like, at this stage, he's saying that it's like a NATO kind of conspiracy against China, basically. Well, um, he, he kind of thinks it's the globalists. Yeah. And maybe they're doing it because China sends fentanyl to the United States. Maybe. And so it's like payback. Or there was a period of time where he was thinking that maybe it was that China wanted to decrease their population, so they did it to themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That, was a, that was an interesting take. His yeah. attitude on China is always so mixed, because it's both like they're the ultimate you know, enemy because communism, but also like... They don't like gay people and, you know, you have to respect, you know, that they do this thing or that thing. Like he's he, he weirdly goes back and forth on China. In oh, yeah. He also are, appreciates that they don't like Muslims. Yeah. But yes, then whenever yeah, it's loves convenient for him, he will bring up how they're oppressing the Uyghurs. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, try and score points off it because he's a piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. At least like the weird tankies are consistent on that point, as opposed to Alex <laughs> just kind of wishy washing back and forth, depending on whether or not they're doing something shitty he likes Mm -hmm. yeah so i brought along another clip about the race specific bioweapon and it's just sort of like alex explaining why uh that might happen in china Mm -hmm. but it's serious and they're covering up what's really going on and it's just incredible to me that it's so obviously a bioweapon and that it's so obviously race specific on record for chinese men I mean, it's so specific. The Chinese genome is so close. Only other group maybe as closely related for a large population is Koreans. What? And so, yeah, what? Yeah. made for a race specific bioweapon. Yeah. You don't want to use one, a race specific bioweapon that, say, kills a mongrel, which we think of as a bad term. It's a good term. Genetically being able to fend off against things. Everybody knows that pure breeds get easier. Uh, and so look at British royalty and people. They're very sickly. They're very mentally ill. I'm not knocking Chinese folks. They're real smart and got some great attributes. But on average, there's problems with being inbred. What? <laughs> yep. So wow. this, feels, this feels great wow. for me. Because, listen, here's why this feels great for me. And I just need I just need the oh, world to hear this Christ. as much as possible. The number one we complaint we get about our show is me being too loud and and screeching and such. But it's a reasonable. How do you reaction. not to that? Like that? I know. No, I mean, if you're a giant racist, it is to your advantage to think a landmass and country as large as China, with the history it has, is only Han Chinese people. Period. Yeah. Well, like, there's like, no other. Yeah. And like a single family of, as opposed to like, no, there's like, it's an incredibly diverse. There's all kinds nah, of different nah, nah. like ethnic nah, groups nah. in China. Which you don't understand languages and shit. She, nah, 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 yeah. nah. You don't understand. Shi Huangdi murdered everybody. Yep. That wasn't him, and now that's China. I wonder how much of this is like people mishearing kind of the the statistic about like all, how many folks are descended from Genghis Khan and being like, oh, they're all related. And I was like, no, that's not. No, that's not the case. No, stop <laughs> I it. Think- I think that could be part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also a generous explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very yeah, kind that, of that is That is me being like, he's not just being racist because he thinks everyone looks the same from yeah. a map, but, like like a fifth of the planet's surface. Yes. Yeah, correct. That's the that's the take I have. Well, <laughs> that's what uh, what Alex is uh, operating off of. Honestly, guys, that is we've we've covered a lot of like professional racists. Like Alex is professionally <laughs> 
like Alex is racist and does other things professionally. We've covered a lot of guys who are like professionally racist. And this is one of the most racist things we've ever had on the show. <laughs> that it was is, quite something. Honor for yeah. It is so surreal to hear that because at this point, I mean, that that to me is like a relatively milder version of where it can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah he gets worse. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like George Lincoln Rockwell would have been like, well, this is just factually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Ford would have been like, yeah. this is factually wrong. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Yeah, so he he um has abandoned this narrative now, obviously, uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, I assume because Americans have such a high death toll, it would be very hard to. Yeah, I think I think once uh, the virus spread to a lot more countries than China, this mm. kind of narrative became really silly, and it became really transparent that mm-hmm. uh, it was based in sort of a racist idea. Oh yeah, and uh, he moved on. Um, but early on, there were a number of things that I think were really funny uh, that I, I have to uh, bring to the attention of a wider audience. Um, and one of them is that early on, Alex had read a headline. He'd misread a headline about Fauci. And uh, he thought that Fauci was on his team. And like he was Trump science guy. And he was going to be helping expose the, the COVID <laughs> conspiracies. And so here's what Alex said on February 8th uh, about Fauci. Now let's look at the facts. The president, through his medical spokesperson, who's very respected, made a lot of calls about Fauci in the last few months, or knew who he was, and they say he's very respected, a quote, legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. Wow. And that's, fu- so that's Steve Pachinik, right? Went to Cornell at the same time as Dr. Fauci. There's a yeah. good chance. Yeah. yeah. There's a good chance that that's the uh, the influence who's telling Alex and, he's and great. For folks who don't know, Steve Pachinik is a former State Department guy who probably helped assassinate the former president of Italy, Aldo Moro. He, well, he was he the did. president. Yes. He, he absolutely did. He, did. he 100% he, did. He definitely yes. helped kill the Italian president. It is, um, it is of all the things that he has made up. Mm-hmm. Which are legion. Yeah. The yeah. one thing that is true is he did help kill the president of Italy. Yeah. And now Aldemaro he is retired. Maybe alive. And he <laughs> mostly, <laughs> yes, exactly. It mostly he mostly seems to lie about things in order to push a variety of confusing agendas on on <laughs> Infowars and elsewhere. Yes. Um, and he um he was he's behind so many of Alex's like yeah. really troubling conspiracies. Like he was deeply involved in the Sandy Hook stuff. He yep. uh he en- he ended up having a fight with Alex because he was insisting that the Las Vegas shooting never happened. Um, and then uh, eventually uh, the 2020 election was where their relationship really took a uh, turn for the worse uh, because he was insisting that uh, he and his buddies had watermarked every ballot. Alex, North Korea. <laughs> no. And, and so that was too much. And yeah. so Steve is kind of kind of gone for now. But yeah, yeah, Alex thought that Fauci was a legend and he was going to be like on the Patriots side. And now they want to uh, hang him in the streets. Beautiful. So, yeah. It's always nice to. Yeah, I, that's one of the big values of your show is just pointing out consistently like there's nothing consistent about the things, the factual claims that Alex makes. Like he's comprehensively a liar and a fabulist and it's all documented using nothing but his own show. Yeah. Yeah, the most important thing is expedience. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. What, just what's useful yeah, and quick. Exactly. Um, so this this next clip is actually 
uh, of the pre-mentioned Steve Pachanik, because I think that when people write the history of COVID, this is going to be a really important thing for people to uh, to yeah. remember. Yeah, we have a, corona, a coronavirus coming in. For the most part, we will be safe. <laughs> I can guarantee you. Tears <laughs> because I treated a patient a month ago. It was really the first case of the coronavirus <laughs> before it was ever reported of a gentleman who met with a Chinese individual and got the pneumonia and was treated with high doses of antibiotics. And I am to know this individual very well because that individual happens to be me <laughs> saying to the public health service and the attorney general oh, get your act together yep so steve pachetic <laughs> was patient zero in the steve united Pichetic states was patient zero in the united himself states himself with antibiotics antibiotics yes Correct. wow well, that's that. I mean, this is critical. We have a lot of COVID historians on the cast, so I'm glad we've gotten this out. It's, this <laughs> this is canon. It's really nice to know that we don't have to worry about the coronavirus. That it's going to be okay. It's not going to be a big problem. Um, yeah. I am super Two years glad. on from that yeah. clip. Of Let Steve. me travel back in time and tell myself that I won't be spending the next two years barely leaving my house because of a earth shattering plague. It'll um, all be cool. That's I mean, good to is, know. It is one of my favorite things to imagine Steve Pachanik during any pandemic throughout history. Just explain it. Listen, Alex, tuberculosis shouldn't be called consumption. What I did is consume the virus. That's how it works. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, we are going to continue on this. But first, you know who loves Steve Pachanik? Who's that? the products and services that support this podcast. Cause they know if the Italian government ever starts leaning a little bit to the left, Steve Pachinko is going to come in. He's going to kill that motherfucking president of Italy. And we're going to keep those products flowing through the Italian <laughs> co- countryside. You know, here's ads. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com behind. That's mintmobile.com behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Ah, we're back. So Steve got in the news recently, right? There was some yeah. shit. Yeah, what was... Yeah. Jordan actually yeah, looked yeah, into yeah. this a bit more than yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, talk, let's talk about this a second, because this was kind of a big story. Um, so uh, Clarence Thomas's wife, uh, <laughs> Jenny Thomas, uh, during, d- during the overthrow of the United yeah, States government. Did, when she was doing a little bit of light treason involved <laughs> yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she was texting a Supreme Court justice of the United States, uh, uh, Steve Pachenik thoughts. Uh, without question, and it was uh, yeah, and it was about the watermark wow. ballots. It was right? absolutely about the watermark it's ballots in- being a a perhaps legitimate way to to just invalidate the entire election. They had it all on blockchain, absolutely. <sighs> and this- then shortly after that, it seems that Clarence Thomas was the only person who was like, overthrowing the government is fine, right? Wow, everybody's cool with that. Um, does this does this suggest because you know. Stevie P has been in the mix long enough that I could just see her having known him from from his State Department days. Because I highly no, doubt it. No, no, no. So do you she, think she caught him on fucking uh, from the from the Alex Jones show? I think his name rings out in conspiracy communities. Like I okay. think that he, because of his importance on Alex's show and the way that Alex basically fraudulently allowed him to make up whatever credentials he wanted. Yeah. Um, he became pretty big within a subsection of the conspiracy world. So he has his own kind of uh, sphere of influence that she probably found him through. Okay. And I think a lot of Q people are kind of totally. uh, gravitate yeah. towards him. Also, Steve Pachanik, uh, despite the fact that uh, Tom Clancy wrote the first Jack Ryan novel several years before their partnership began, insists that Jack Ryan is based entirely upon his life. That sounds uh, right. Yeah. yeah, he did. He that's also a weird thing about Steve is he had a partnership with Tom Clancy for a period oh, yeah. of time for the Net Force novel. <laughs> yeah, the Net Force <laughs> novels, for, for not necessarily a young well, adult franchise. But, but they also were so. ghost written by somebody oh, yeah. else. That's almost Tom Clancy as hasn't written a novel for forty years. Let's just be I mean, real the, about the, that. The, the Net Force stories were nearly as accurate as Shatner's Tech War novels, <laughs> which. Which is quite accurate. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, what's really funny about Tech War, if I'm remembering correctly, 
they're basically like future detective stories, but the primary, the center of every book is that this guy is incredibly divorced and keeps having custody battles with his wife. <laughs> it's really, that is, it's really that, funny. <laughs> what's, what's great about that is yeah. that is almost borderline similar to Isaac Asimov's The Caves of Steel novels. Uh, <laughs> you love to see it. Just I, no, nothing like a divorced dude writing a book. <laughs> Let's let's get Elon Musk to write a sci-fi novel. That'll be Ooh, that that, that would be a, a hoot. Let's uh, not. Um, okay, so let's move on. Sure. Um, so as uh, we, we we're we're leaving off, uh, we're getting sort of to the point where cases are starting to rise in the United States, and at that point, things had to change because the narratives that Alex were building uh, at that point they weren't possible to sustain in an environment of sustained spread in multiple countries. People who aren't Chinese would be catching the virus, and there goes the race-specific narrative, for instance. Plus, Alex doesn't want actual panic. He wants people to be on the edge of panic, but still somewhat able to keep living a normal life so they can afford to buy his products. Making the audience directly and irrationally afraid of the virus would make them more likely to take public health guidance seriously. It wouldn't be good for Alex's market, so the main emphasis was always to use the virus to push fear about something else. The virus was meant for the globalists to push forced vaccinations. People wearing masks was to train people for the coming martial law. Social distancing was to force people to vote remotely, which would allow Democrats to steal the 2020 election. These were the the kind of ways that the the tentacles grew out uh, from the base of where the narratives began. Yeah, what I would even argue is because we did go back and look at uh, when the uh, Ebola outbreak happened Mm -hmm. in the United States. And Alex was treating the initial days exactly the same way he did with the Ebola outbreak. The only difference being, of course, that it was handled uh, appropriately instead of uh, the response to the virus being overtaken by Jared Kushner and uh, millions of people being sentenced to death. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. A certain amount of luck. Yeah. And a certain amount of luck. Yes. So uh, there was even a point. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't tell if we had frozen. That was yeah, no, 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 no. I was just, I was just in agreement, but did not have anything to add at the particular. Uh, yeah. So there was actually even a point we met. We brought up Mike Adams, the Health Ranger, earlier. There was actually a point where he was trying to pitch the idea that terrorists had infected the United States because they would get more virgins after they die if they infected a city. And here is him being a complete asshole. I don't know how many virgins these Islamic terrorists get for blowing oh themselves up, but there's probably bonus virgins out there if they infect all of New York City or something with this virus. I don't know how their virginomics system works. But, oh, my God. You know, they're insane and they think they're going. So, yeah, he, yeah he's, a, I, he's a pile of shit. <laughs> I, I hate to admit this, but but I feel like this is a safe place. I kind of think the term virginomics is is hilarious, and I may I may <laughs> steal that. I, I may take that one the next time I have to write about incels. If you if you start talking about virginomics, mm-hmm. that's a brickin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's what that's, I will that's, say. That's fair. That's fair. There's there's reaganomics, there's mm-hmm. freakonomics, and there's virginomics. Everybody yeah. knows those are the three pillars of mm-hmm. American society. And Reagan was a freaky virgin. <laughs> mm-hmm. He he for sure was. That is that is the face of a man who never fucked. Yep. Nancy so was, told him it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So everything was really sloppy, and if you were listening and paying attention to Alex's show back uh, during these periods, it would be really hard to nail down what his position even was. And even if you did, it would have changed a bunch since then. Like, it was constantly in flux, and it wasn't really ever... It's just 
you know, it, it's become whatever the right wing thing du jour what is. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivermectin is really huge for uh, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. All oh, these yeah. Things. Every single thing that you see just getting traction in the right wing uh, media world is going to be something Alex is going to yeah. flirt with for a while. Um, and then if he likes it and it works, then uh, he'll incorporate it. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost uh, like the idea of Alex being that, uh, you know, his self-professed tip of the spear or having any sort of leadership over the conspiracy theory communi- community was completely abdicated. I mean, and he's he's only been following mm-hmm. since then. Well, yeah, when he tries to lead, it ends up with like that raccoon city stuff. yeah that'll like happen umbrella yeah. corporation <laughs> or that time where he was briefly leading the assault on the capitol before bailing sure <laughs> yeah well we'll get to that here in a minute yeah 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 um but uh yeah so like it i think if you look at the early days it's 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 very interesting to see the the ways that he he floated these narratives and he had these things in place and then circumstances forced him to change um but there is one thing that I will always be thankful for, and it is this clip uh, of Alex really just getting some deep insight from a caller about uh, ways that you can keep yourself safe from uh, COVID. Like my brother told me, I don't know where he got this from or thought of it, but he said, just remember, don't pop any bubble wrap because all that air comes from China. <laughs> oh, my God. Another good point. You good know what? Another good point. Another good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know what's nice about that? Is it's I'm not sure exactly how that's racist, but it is. Um, but it's also like <laughs> it's the kind that's it's so dumb that you it, it you can laugh at it as opposed to like a lot of the as particularly with all of the I mean, I guess it does feed into a lot of the horrible anti-Asian hate crimes and stuff. But I don't know. I, I, I just can't I just can't take seriously a guy who's so paranoid about China that he thinks the bubble wrap is full of deadly Chinese air. Like, well, his brother told him about it. <laughs> that is the kind of yeah. and and there have to have been he doesn't say this but that conversation didn't happen without the aid of 20 to 50 keystones right <laughs> like that, that like uh, enough uh, a, a quant the bulk of a truck bed in keystone light is like oh what do you mean just enough discussion. to give you a buzz yeah just just <laughs> enough just enough to get you on the back of the atv where you and two generations of your family die <laughs> God bless America. I kind of felt like he might have been an ice guy. Keystone Ice mm-hmm. likes to take it up a notch. Yeah, that's yeah. The classier. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I thought about when we were talking about doing this episode uh, and checking back in was I didn't want to track too much of like where things went after the kind of a little bit of the immediacy because then we'd just be we'd kind of be here all day. Yeah. Um, and so, the, you know, that's kind of a picture uh, of a bit of Alex's uh, coverage of the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of ways, where it went is where everybody else went. True. Yeah, so you true. already know you already know where it went. You've probably heard a lot of things. You probably haven't heard about the race specific bioweapon sure, theories. There's and, that. And that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. God. Awesome. So let's jump to January 6th then. If we uh if you mentioned Alex briefly leading the charge? Yeah. I mean leading is maybe a little bit strong of a word, but it's certainly like at the head of a crowd and then realizing that he was at the head of a crowd that was about to commit crimes and panicking. Would that well, be accurate? I, I think I think when you have like a bunch of people who really want to overturn an election and you're chanting 1776. Yeah. Um it, it does As I often ha- am. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I, I've, I've just realized that I am going to be liable for whatever happens immediately after this, so we need to leave this space entirely. This is a classic whoops. <laughs> yeah, I will be in trouble, and you guys will be fine, and that is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so what I wanted to start with is I wanted to look at the lead up to January 6th uh, and show some of these things that were happening, like Alex was deeply involved in the various groups that would end up being at the Capitol. And some of them were potentially engaged in seditious conspiracies to stop the election from being certified in November, 2020, Alex sent Owen Schroyer on a barnstorming tour up the East coast, stopping at a string of poorly attended stop the steel rallies, ultimately culminating in the original rally in DC, the one that was prior to uh, the January 6th rally. At that point, it was abundantly clear that Alex's position was that the election had definitively been stolen by Biden, and so stealing it back was an appropriate act. They stole this bigger than Dallas in front of everybody. But hey, if you catch somebody in your house with the safe, or in your house with the computers, or in your house with the silverware, and then the family heirlooms, you have a right to, to, to take it back? Damn right you do. And so they are panicking. They're saying have a coup against Trump all over the news. They're saying he's insane. He's crazy because he's not going to let them have this fifth attempted coup against us separately. You've got my commitment to burn the candle at both ends here, ladies and gentlemen. And we're fighting hard here. We need your financial support at InfoWarsStore.com. Bringing a caravan up here and flying here with the crew and all. We love you. We appreciate you. InfoWarsStore.com. That's how an ad pivot is done, Robert. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I mean, what is this? Look. What is this? Products and services. Listen, <laughs> listen. You gotta overthrow the country, and you gotta buy my shit. That's I mean, how I, simple I, it is. I gotta give the man credit. There's not. <laughs> there's. There's things he's good at as a broadcaster, and that was that was a masterful ad pivot. He's good at saying briefly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, shifting entirely over to uh, sales. If but you only see he there, used he's his saying, powers for good. He could have moved a lot of dick pills. That's true. Mm, it's well, he did. Yeah, that's true. Um, the, uh, the, the Rob Dew's wife has given us the. Oh we yeah, have, we have a tough report. <laughs> a tough report from our Rob Dew's wife. Uh, so you have the mentality there that the election is stolen and that it's ethical to steal it back. Yep. Uh, which. I mean, you know, this is November, so these yeah. ideas are kind of percolating yeah, up a little and that's, bit. That's, I mean, not. I mean, that you, you hear that basic logic all over the right today, where they, they, the, the reason they accuse the the left of having stolen the election is that it's cover to steal the next one. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so at that time, though, when Alex was going to the rally in D.C., I think that he expected it to go worse than it did. I kind of suspect that he thought that original Stop the Steal rally might have turned out like the January 6th rally did. Um, and it ended up being kind of mild, although a couple of people did get stabbed. So I, I mean, mean it, was, it was ugly in the streets, but it was not like a threat to the continuance of the democratic traditions of the country, I guess. It was like a giant, ugly street fight. In the sheets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I think that Alex was thinking it was going to be much huger. And so in the lead up, he was doing a lot of like real doom talk like this. I've thought about doing this broadcast for 26 plus years. You know, you always think about what could be your last broadcast. I'm not saying this is my last broadcast, but I need to just let you know. I need to explain something to you that I don't exaggerate any of this. Okay. Most of the time it's worse than I'm telling you. And this could be our last broadcast. Next week could be. But the zone we're in right now, the Internet kill switch they've got, they can hit telecommunications as well. 
and we're in the prime zone for them to assassinate Trump, set a nuke off, anything. Anything. So, anything. So a lot of that uh, that fear talk is you know, surrounding that uh, that original DC Stop the Steel rally that uh, didn't didn't culminate the way no. he was prepping. Yeah. It's um I mean he definitely how many times would you say he has said this may be my last show? So many. Uh like I mean, is I it think... more than you have fingers and toes? Yes. How many days <laughs> are there in 20 years? <laughs> Well, it's not all of those. Well, let's days, see. If I'm remembering, <laughs> if I'm remembering my education, which was entirely one song from the movie or from the play Rent. Uh, let's see, how many minutes? Five hundred twenty-five thousand. Twenty-five thousand. Yeah, six hundred <laughs> minutes. Now, how do you turn that into days? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> six. How, how do you measure Alex's <laughs> bullshit? Yeah. Somebody, How do you solve a problem like it, Alex? We, we got a hook, yeah. we got a hook DJ Danarchy uh, who <laughs> does your theme song up with my buddy Prop and and put together uh, a cover of of uh, five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred bullshit. I can't count that high. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, there was a lot of excitement that got built off the original Stop the Steal DC rally, and there were these other rallies that were going on at state capitals around the country, but there was no real progress being made on overturning the election, so it was necessary to do it again in DC, but bigger, and thus plans for January 6th started to form more solidly. Alex's involvement in the events of that day are kind of less interesting to me than the way he engaged with the lead up to the rally and the way that everything was covered by his employees and himself. In the lead-up to the rally, Ali Alexander was a constant fixture on Alex's show promoting the Stop the Steal rallies and tying election denial with extremist Christianity. Stuart Rhodes was a regular guest discussing how Trump needed to declare an emergency so he could bring in martial law and deputize the Oath Keepers as his personal militia. <laughs> More shockingly, perhaps, was that uh, Matt Bracken, who's a uh, weirdo, uh, he was discussing the actual January 6th rally when he was hosting the fourth hour of Alex's show on January 31st, 2020. And he said this. That we're not going to be saved by anybody above us. We're going to only be saved by millions of Americans moving to Washington, occupying the entire area. If, if necessary, storming right into the Capitol. You know, there we, we know the rules of engagement. If you have enough people, you can push down any kind of a fence or a wall. But if not enough patriots show up, then we're just going to watch our freedom go down the drain. Yeah. So that's that is one of those things that sounds really bad in yeah. hindsight when yeah. those things actually do happen. Yeah, yeah they yeah, do. Yeah. And it, I mean, he's also because what he's physically describing, it, it has shades of Jan 6. It also sounds a lot like what happened in Canada earlier this year, you know? Mm. Like, especially the because what they didn't do on, they didn't actually shut down the city on J6. Right. But that is what happened with, like, the caravan, where they're like, we're just going to flood this area and make it impossible for, like, life to exist normally in this major city. Well, that's and, that. That was part of the conversation yeah. that was happening around January 6th yeah, uh, yeah. In, these, in these communities. Like, like uh, that same day on December 31st, Alex was taking calls and somebody called in and was like, hey, can we get all the people who have boats to block up the Potomac? Yeah. Can we can we <laughs> seize the Potomac so we can aid in our, our occupation of D.C.? Yeah. And and one of the things about that blockade is like, I think it could be argued that if they had coherent, achievable goals, they may have gotten them. 
Yeah. You know, no. like if they, it's there, there, it was clearly an effective uh, circumstance. And yeah. if they could have negotiated their way into something, they could have gotten something. But the fact that none of them had any idea what exactly it was that they were doing in the first place kind of really hampered that kind of idea of mm. negotiations. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, it makes sense because like you, uh, like, it's easy to get a bunch of motherfuckers who are angry and want to feel <laughs> like and, and want to feel like <laughs> revolutionaries and are willing to like park their fucking trucks downtown, especially if there's like clout in it and potentially raising money and shit. It's harder to get that same group of motherfuckers to all agree on what should be done because a significant portion of the people who are going to come and camp out in a capital for weeks to disrupt business aren't just going to want like an into mask mandates. They're going to want to yeah. be allowed to mail each other raw milk. Like you I know? also want to be allowed to marry my 16 year old. Wait, what? Why now isn't that's, anybody that's, my, is nobody my Jordan, friend here? As someone raised in an evangelical <laughs> Christian cult, you know damn well it's legal to marry. Sixteen-year-olds yes, in this country. I do. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't know about Canada's rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so in the days leading up to the sixth, Alex had guests on his show, like his alleged uh, constitutional lawyer friend Robert Barnes, who was like Bobby directly B. suggesting that Trump should just pretend to also be president, even though he had lost the election, no matter what, because he's the rightful leader of the country. So, why not fake it? We'll talk about what Trump's role should be if they effectively steal it. He's got to never concede and just be the president in absentia, uh, in in exile, and just keep building the movement against him. Do you agree with that? Oh, no doubt about it. And it needs to be at the – there's been too much focus at the top. Hugh always focuses on the top. We need to focus – this needs to be a bottom-up revolution if it's going to work. Yeah, so they just uh, have a second president. Right, 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 right. That's fun. Yeah, it's like sense. the dark pope. Because mm-hmm. they haven't, I mean, for one thing, having a first president works out so good. You got to have a, got to sure. double them up, have them fight. Yeah, that actually sounds kind of funny. Um, yeah, the problem, the problem that uh, Lincoln had is he wasn't really willing to co-govern with right, Jefferson Davis. Right, right. That was the main issue, right. and that's why they had to start the whole war. We all I mean, know that the last season of Game of Thrones was disappointing. <laughs> we don't want a repeat of that. Oh, okay. Uh, no, okay. no, no Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, look, I I happen to like it when everybody's unhappy, which is why I liked Game of Thrones in the first place. Is that it kept making my friends sad. Um, <laughs> so I was really happy with the ending because everybody was miserable. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So on uh, January fifth, Alex was in D.C. and he ended up giving a fiery speech uh, at a rally. There that uh, might sound a little bit unfortunate in hindsight. Tomorrow is a great day. We don't quietly take the election fraud. We don't quietly take the scam and believe their BS. We've seen the evidence. The system has had to desperately engage in this gambit to maintain control. But this will be their Waterloo. This will be their destruction. He sounds like shit. Today, <laughs> what the fuck is he just I like been drinking myself. so much? I think he's dr- I think he's wasted. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, sounds yeah, he sounds like as yeah, he sounds like smashed. 
Yeah, I think he was drunk, and probably his cardio isn't what you'd want it to be. And so, no. you know, he can give a speech that's kind of rousing, but at the same time, there's a there's a staccato nature that's uh, necessary because yeah, of the yeah. breaths. You know what we don't talk about enough is the fact that he used to be jacked. I talk about it all the time. I I, don't I, I did know not if talk I could about disagree with a human being more. <laughs> oh, he do you was, know what we don't talk about shredded. too much? Any of that? Like what? There, there's what a are couple. You talking about? It's just there's some people that it's. I'm never. I never That's get like used saying, to it. Oh man, Goebbels like, used to be fucking hot. Like, I mean, you don't even look, get it, dude. I, I've done a number of episodes about how hot Goebbels was, but that's a, that's well, a side of the point. No, uh, it's like there's a couple of people for like Alex Jones. Just like thinking back to him being a bodybuilder is weird. And then there's um fucking Keith David, uh, who like you know I've seen in a bunch of things watching him in Community and being like that motherfucker beat the shit out of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Like <laughs> I was, was, I was he was to- yoked <laughs> like. <laughs> He wasn't just muscly. He was like wrestling jacked. <laughs> it's just weird Keith that David that's Keith David. Yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> he's just yeah. one of those people where every time I see him in something now and I think like that motherfucker was shredded. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that everybody gets really blown away when they mm-hmm. if they haven't seen those pictures of Alex as a muscly uh, mm-hmm. young man. Yeah. And to think it's just underneath there. He's, mm-hmm. he's uh, <laughs> somewhere in there, somewhere in all of that. <laughs> underneath that thick, thick neck. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, Except you can only get it to it with a knife. He, he's, he's There's buried, no amount of exercise that could get there. He has buried that Alex <laughs> the same way Steve Pachinik buried Aldo Moro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that night, January 5th, they had some speeches and also Owen Schroyer, Alex's number two, uh, second in command, uh, his, his Riker. Uh, he filmed himself hanging out with some Proud Boy associates and they were uh, burning a Black Lives Matter flag on the streets of D.C. Mm. Peacefully. Yes. This is why uh, what's his name would wind up doing like six months in prison. Uh, Enrique Tario? Yeah, before the most recent time that he's went to prison. back The last time before this time <laughs> that he went to prison, it was for this. Yeah, yeah he, he like stole someone's Black Lives Matter banner, which yeah, kind of implies that Owen yeah. bought his. <laughs> that it, it does, yeah. which is very funny. Um, <laughs> so on the actual day of the rally, Alex and Owen Troyer were in D.C., so that just left Harrison Smith as the on-air talent, in quotes, that was at InfoWars, so he hosted all day. If you watch his coverage, it's abundantly clear that he was pumped for the possibility of a siege of the Capitol. And when it did happen, he was basically, you know, celebrating the uh, the home team uh, doing doing their biz. Here he is, like in the lead up to uh, what what's going on uh, at the march. All right, folks. So Donald Trump coming up next. Alex Jones leading the march to the Capitol. It's all happening, folks. It's January sixth, twenty twenty one, and the revolution, the second American Revolution, has begun. So yeah, it's the second American revolution. It's going on. Also, mm. let's let's just remind everybody that Cake did not have anything to do with no, this no. particular clip. No. Cake and was also, not involved in the overthrow of the United States government. Let's also <laughs> let's also remember that while the January 6th rioters were certainly going for speed, they were not in fact going the distance. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> they were not all alone. Mm-hmm. No, they were not. <laughs> In their time of need, although they they're with them, I can't, yeah. I can't, I cannot find anybody who would really, who would really be like, 
I am the biggest Cake fan, but I also cannot find anybody who does not know the lyrics to at least one Cake song. I, sure. I mean, I, li- I it would be the funniest thing we could have done with this episode is that from that <laughs> point, we just for the next hour and a half talk to each other in Cake lyrics. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. have got too much of a short skirt to be talking about Cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on air that day on the 6th, uh, Harrison Smith obviously was very excited about uh, the what was going on, and he decided to commission a symphony in C. It's another cake song. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, yes. I, I suggested this and then realized I, I, half I of really, the cake songs I, really I know are them <laughs> covering other people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you were just going to be like, I will survive. That I'm, I'm going to be honest. 30% of the songs I think are cake songs are actually they might be giants. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a tonic song in the mix. There <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, a couple of them. So, uh, but Harrison was very much celebrating, and as the images started to come out of people rushing the Capitol, uh, here was his take on that. But Americans are mad, and so when they stage elections in Venezuela... Folks, live updates from Alex Jones, more on the other side. The Capitol has fallen, the Patriots are in control. The Patriots are in control, <laughs> oh, the Capitol has fallen. The Capitol has fallen. Yeah, there was a deeply celebratory mood yeah. on uh, on Harrison Smith's uh, coverage of oh, yeah. the of the show. What's yeah, funny yeah. about was... that clip is that in an alternate reality, that's what plays in like the thirty second opening before it fades to like a bunch of people in a bombed out city huddled around their rifles, waiting for <laughs> waiting for the yeah. government forces yeah. to come. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is a real situation <laughs> mm-hmm. where Harrison is trying to argue that sheep go to heaven and goats, and go, goats to hell. go to hell. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They they shot their shot, you know. Like that coverage is exactly what you would expect someone to do if that whole taking over the Capitol had succeeded. Yeah, no, 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 totally. It it yeah. does. It sounds like a broadcast from an alternate. It's like yeah, it's, we're if, like if if, uh, yeah. if Orson Welles had written this, you'd be like, yeah. perfect. Or this is like, amazing. If it's like in Man in the High Castle, totally, one hundred percent. You're getting yeah. a glimpse through the veil. Yeah, or if it's like Shadow Stabbing, which is apparently a cake song that I haven't heard. Um, <laughs> Did you just look up the cake song? <laughs> You're you know what? You You're know what, cheating. Dan? That's literally what I typed into Google. Because <laughs> as, as this bit continues, I'm realizing I don't know as many cake songs as I think I do. <laughs> I think I might be tapped out myself. I was really unprepared for this bit to continue going. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy to me that you guys, because from what I can see, both of you have very healthy breasts. Thank you. Uh, That's a cake bit? Okay. uh, On my Italian leather sofa. How many? This is going to go on. You know what? In my Google results, Italian leather sofa is one of the songs. (laughs) Well, you know, Jordan, I'm not sick of you. (laughs) <laughs> which is apparently another cake song i don't know that song uh i appreciate that that boy, is i don't know enough cake songs <laughs> fashion eagle mm-hmm. isn't that the album comfort, the eagle. Of- comfort, comfort eagle. eagle comfort eagle fashion nugget fashion nugget is a that good sounds one, yeah. like a, that sounds like a cake song yeah <laughs> all right this bit must end yeah it, is that it really song? has yes. to at this point <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what would be a good end to this bit robert <laughs> Mm. If we actually, if we went to an ad break, <laughs> for cake, yeah, for cake, cake is the uh, primary sponsor of our show. Um, so you know, uh, don't kill a goat because they're already doomed to hell. I guess.
The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Okay, we're back. Uh and 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 better than ever. All right, let's uh let's 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 keep this let's keep this cakeless. Cakeless <laughs> thing without cake. Yeah. yeah we'll sure. continue sans cake. So, um, a, a, a before the break, we were hearing the uh, the Harrison Smith celebratory coverage of the sixth as it was going down. But once Alex was able to get to a phone, he immediately changed the narrative, and the celebration uh, has not been seen since. Uh, from that point funny. on, it was a false flag. You better believe it was a damn false flag. The globalists tricked some Q people and some Antifa people dressed like Trump supporters to go into the Capitol so they could start rounding up the patriots like Alex. As more information came out, Alex had to adjust the narrative a little, but as a whole, it's basically just the core of his story and everything else has been rationalizations from that point on. And his his narratives have gotten quite boring uh, for the most part. Uh, nothing will live up to no. uh, the day of when <laughs> the Harrison- capital has fallen is that's that's a quote that really would go down in infamy had it happened. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> like, because if it had happened, Harrison Smith would have been the first person to call it. And he know? would have been the host on the pro. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. A, a separatist. Fox uh, News wasn't even oh, yeah, like, yeah. hey, this is a great move. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just Harrison Smith. Yeah. No, and, I mean, and, I'm sure there were people at Fox News, but I'm sure those people were tackled by lawyers before oh, they could yeah, put yeah, anything yeah, yeah. on the air. Absolutely. Like, 100%. 
Yeah. So it remains to be seen exactly how involved Alex was intentionally or accidentally with the people who are making active plans to do what they did on the 6th. So I think it's best to reserve judgment on that question. But the overwhelming level of connections between bad actors who were up to no good that day really seems suspicious. But I think it's equally likely that Alex knew what they were up to and that he had no idea. It seems plausible to me that he would act exactly the same way, regardless of whether he knew he was mixed up in a seditious conspiracy or not. Yep. He would just that he's kind of in seditious conspiracy mode against the government right. at all times. So right, right, right. He doesn't need to know. It's just it's just any time that a seditious conspiracy is happening, it is concurrent with Alex also saying that a seditious conspiracy should be happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It could be coincidence. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, it's always coincidence. Mm. So now Alex has uh, Nick Fuentes on his channel, although, you know, his, his band out video website. But I think it's actually not that important now because Nick Fuentes has his own site. Mm -hmm. um, but he still associates with Nick and Nick loves January 6th. He sounds like Harrison on January 6th. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 yeah to this sure day. Does. Absolutely. Uh, Nick Fuentes, now a contributor to Russia Today, who had him on to talk about Russophobia. Really? Um, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, he's been on RT recently. I mean, doesn't that suggest that you're really desperate? Doesn't if that you're suggest RT, that like, you might you're not be honest You're getting a 25-year-old asshole or whatever. You're getting a 25-year-old Nazi. You're getting yeah. like, you're getting like, discount you're getting like the kirkland brand george lincoln rockwell to like come on and talk to you absolutely <laughs> i'm pretty sure they've interviewed mike adams in the past that and makes Lionel's sense, been though. on forever lionel has been on forever uh, so but lionel's lionel's grandfathered in as royalty i don't you know? know i don't know if they have much standards <laughs> over there in terms of who the max kaiser had a show <laughs> that's fair um so yeah i think that uh the the rest of uh, alex is playing out of his uh, January 6th conspiracies has been, again, the same way. It sort of it tracks with a lot of the same stuff you see in the broader mm -hmm. uh, right wing media landscape, although he does have to do a little bit more gymnastics because of his close associations. Right. With people yeah. like Stuart Rhodes, uh, you know, when he gets arrested for this conspiracy and in the, um, you know, the charging affidavit or the uh, the indictment. There's so much information in there that Alex is like, I, I yeah. don't really want to deal I'd with that. I have to pretend this isn't here. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to have somebody who you've had as a guest on your show so many times be <laughs> arrested and indicted for seditious conspiracy. That would I be mean, a little bit difficult to work around. It, you know? it, that, that, that would definitely uh, cause some problems if that were to happen. Like if one of you were to be arrested for seditious conspiracy, um, I would I would be really I mean, I would honestly, knowing you probably be proud, but. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and it would be Jordan. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, I really appreciate you uh, leaving open the possibility that it could be one of us. <laughs> so. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I do. I do tend to assume you commit your crimes as a unit. <laughs> we we solo. Yeah, we yeah, solo yeah, on good. the crime. Crime, crime like, wise. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I was going to make a comic book reference, but I know about as much about comic books as I do about cake, apparently. So Jordan's going to have a save on this one. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh boy, it's a lot like in Sandman issue twenty-two. When I, no, I I got nothing. Maybe I'll do the collector series reference. Mm -hmm. uh, Sandman issue number twenty-two is my favorite <laughs> cake song. Mm -hmm. So we want to jump ahead to uh, the Ukraine business. Yes. 
Um, so more recently, this has been something that uh, I think is, I think we could all agree is a major world event. Um, it's, it's, it's a pretty, I mean, yeah, I would say like a giant land war in Europe breaking out is, is moderately important, moderately yeah. important. So earlier this year, on February 8th, uh, Alex was leading the show and really getting excited about how Putin was threatening nuclear war over Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And uh, he insists that it's because uh, the, they're attacking Russia. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a maximum red alert. Vladimir Putin has officially threatened worldwide thermal nuclear war. If NATO continues their invasion, red alert, maximum alert, tune in now, spread the word. InfoWars, the most banned network in the world. Mm, um, so the yeah, they, uh, NATO is attacking and uh, Putin's going to nuke people. Yep, yep. And mm-hmm. we're stoked about this. This is a man with honesty. Uh, as his guiding principle, mm-hmm. uh, nothing but the greatest of leadership. It's the most banned network because they're the most accurate. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be a nuke. And uh, Alex is actually kind of thinking we deserve it. He was in one of those moods mm-hmm. uh, yeah. on, on the on the eight. <laughs> so he's kind of gross. Most of us will just get knocked down and maybe the roof cave in on you. But when you come outside, you'll be breathing all that delicious radiation and of course, the power won't be coming back on for years if you're lucky. So that's where we are, and we're an evil, decadent, satanic society. And I guess it's time to die. Hmm. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he does that a bit. He every now and again gets into how sinful we are, and now uh, well, we deserve to die. You know. I mean, look, I don't do it for religious reasons, but I will admit, every now and then, like when I'm. I don't know, briefly stuck in line at the grocery store, I'll think we do deserve to just all nuclear hellfire. Any, any, any time, you know when it happens is whenever I'm ringing up a product at one of the auto checkout things and then it like fucks up and I have to wait for someone to come. That's when I'm like, just take us now. Just drop yeah. the bombs. End it all. I, I think having those quiet moments is fine, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. lashing out at your audience emotionally like that, I think is, is maybe mm-hmm. a little bit tackier, maybe no. a little gauche. I no, mean, one I, I thing I will anger say. For traffic. <laughs> One of the great things about being bipolar is that you're so used to suicidal thoughts that whenever they come for such like, you know, like, oh, my God, this guy in traffic, I'm just going to kill myself right now. You're like, yeah, that's a good thought. I'm, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to smooth through it. You don't go on, say, a radio network and are Ten like, millions of people. how about if I want to die, everyone has to die. Yeah, project it to yeah. on uh, everybody. Yeah. So 10 days later, on February 18th, Alex had sort of evolved this narrative. And now uh, his the situation that he was reporting is that Putin is just trying to stop Western forces that are going door to door, killing people in the Donbass region. Russia has tried to not escalate things. And Putin has tried to play things down so that hardliners don't engage in a coup against him. Of course. But he's gone ahead and just come out and said what we already knew. There's a massive Western offensive attacking Russian-held areas of eastern Ukraine. And they're engaged in genocide. They're going house to house, taking people out in front of their houses and killing them. And this is all being done again as a provocation, just like in the last duel, where they're slitting the women and children's throats across (laughs) the river to make them come across to lose the bridge. And that's a historic thing that's actually in the record books that happened. And they lost the battle. They lost the war. We have to let them 
attack these people. And these people have chosen this route. And I, I'm going to pray for them and support them. They're not going to slit the children's throats but because that will be too much. But um, that's the kind of stuff they're engaged in. Also, I should point out, Alex saw the last duel the night before. Yep, that does sound like he, he just watched the last duel. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's important to remember mm-hmm. that any geopolitical event is very similar to the last movie Alex watched mm-hmm. yeah. in some way or form. He brought he brought it up like three times on that episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the last thing I watched is uh, that show with Josh Brolin where there's a big hole. And this does have a lot in common with that, um, because I also <laughs> would like to throw Alex into a giant hole. Sure, sure. <laughs> the last mo- movie I saw was that Shia LaBeouf movie, Holes. Mm, yeah, a- another movie with a similar message. Yeah. Holes, good. <laughs> That is what I took out of Holes. Make a joke about seeing that band. (laughs) Which band? Hole. What? Hole? The band? (laughs) So um, on the 21st of February, Alex uh, played Putin's entire speech that he gave, uh, which is the speech where he was laying out the rationale for eventually attacking Ukraine. And Alex interpreted this uh, incredibly incorrectly, thinking Putin was just saying that he didn't want any trouble and he just wanted to do business with Ukraine. He just wanted, look, if you want to join the West, that's fine. That's fine. Join the West. Just do business with us. Come on. Wow. And, you know, I don't see how you see any fault in Putin, what he's saying. I mean, it's all historically true. Stalin's horrible. Lenin's horrible. We're sorry what we did to you. Uh, blah, blah, blah. What do you want to I mean? Blah, you blah, know blah. It's coming. You want to be under George Soros or you, or, or you want to be your own country? We don't want you. We want to do business with you. Just just please, please don't go to war with us. I mean, I, and to hear somebody actually tell the truth from that level is powerful because the truth is powerful and the truth lives at InfoWars. Wow. That one... <laughs> That one aged real good. It's just yeah, rare yeah, that you yeah, get yeah. a take, and then like three hours later, the opposite happens. Like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to take over Ukraine. Oh, now he is actively invading the capital of Ukraine. <laughs> and the, the the sort of irony of the end, like the truth lives at Infowars over like a sick guitar. Yeah, lake. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that it was pretty this sick was guitar. A, 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 a this is your life career retrospective would definitely try to avoid adding that clip in there. It would mm-hmm. it would probably be seen as cruel. <laughs> yeah, not not yeah. a good way to go. So yeah, as you brought up, Robert, it was almost immediate, like very quickly. It was after so this. quickly, he gave that speech, and within hours, he was shelling Kiev. Well, no, that was actually the speech before. This is uh, Alex is responding to the speech before. Yeah, the, that's the twenty first, though. So it was like a yeah. day, less than a day later. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So on the 24th, uh, Alex had been proven wrong. Obviously, the uh, Russia had invaded and uh, he had a number of really, really bad uh, angles that he took uh, on it. First, uh, here's here's Alex with a bad prediction. Putin's troops raise Russian flag in Ukraine as Z tanks, which have come from the east and O-tanks that come from Belarus enter deeper into the nation. And there is no real resistance, because just like the U.S. bought off the Iraqi leadership in Gulf War One and Gulf War II, 90-plus percent of their generals, you see that Putin has already done his work and has already paid off the Ukrainian military. And that's why the Russians know they can roll right in and face almost no resistance. 
Mm. Because that's how real war is done. So another <laughs> another one that aged well. Let's, wow, let's, Alex. Let's re- remind real, you. <laughs> real war is done by purchasing the generals in advance yeah. of any sort of invasion. I mean, that it seems like out. that might have worked better for you for for Russia than what happened, which is like half of the generals that they had in the east have now been killed in 55 days of fighting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, Alex is almost always right. He is. Yeah. He's, 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 it's incredible how accurately he predicted the fact that Ukraine would not put up a fight. There's um, prediction and that's also analysis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Like, it's not even mm-hmm. just like looking into the future. It's like, this no. is the world, man. No, he was this so is how the world right. Works. Yeah. And that's why thousands upon thousands of Russian mother- mothers are getting letters that say, your kid is fine. Everything's good with your son. Mm-hmm. It's well. good, good times. <laughs> Alex, I had another really bad prediction, uh, if you want to hear. Yes. You want to hear? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to hear. Okay. But that's why you're not seeing any real Ukrainian resistance, because it was yeah. all <laughs> for show. And the comedian Hollywood president was a double agent the whole time. Oh, yeah. That's what all the smart money is on. That's what all the experts I know, and I'm an expert myself. All of them. No. And uh, so, expert. Fighting a war, he already won before he pulled the trigger. <laughs> Cut to the Capitals. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. Cut to the flagship of the Baltic, of the Black Sea Fleet <laughs> sinking. <laughs> With a piece yeah. of the true cross on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost comically wrong. Mm-hmm. The, like, it's it's embarrassing. It's it's impressive. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a degree to which I'm kind of in awe of how incorrect it is. Most people can't be that wrong about the statements they make. Right. Especially considering the irony being that if, if one were to argue that... Uh, I mean, I I think I would argue that Zelensky's background as a media figure Mm -hmm. has done him more service and Ukraine more service than any sort of like ace administrator could possibly do in this exact circumstance. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think it. it, And ironically, so like one of the things that Russia is famous for is like the the I think it's called the Gerasimov Doctrine, which is like kind of broadly speaking what they did in Georgia and then in Ukraine in 2014, where like you have this hybrid mix of military forces on the ground, but also propaganda and disinformation that's meant to like stir up confusion and justification, controlling the media and all this. Yeah. Um, and or at least disrupting it. There's been this big idea with Russia that like, well, a big part of our military effort anywhere is going to be the information war, which they just like shat their pants on as soon as they started shelling Kiev. But because I think he does have such a background as a media figure, Zelensky was not a particularly impressive president before the war started. But right. I think he has his his media training has made him an effective war leader because this is the first war where that's the most tactical value that a president of a country can have in this situation. Absolutely. You definitely don't want, uh, I mean, frankly, you don't really want any president dictating strategy. No, because no, that's not what presidents do. Yeah, exactly. He has had a battlefield impact, I think, just because he's really competent at media stuff because he's a absolutely he's a media guy. Yeah, you guys, yeah. You guys are both going to sound so foolish when it comes out that he's a double agent. 
Yes, <laughs> that will that will tear us down. I feel so we will in retrospect. This will be our Harrison Smith moment. With, with Alex is proven <laughs> right. If that mm. happens, I will accept my crow and I will eat it publicly. Yep. <laughs> so I, I have one more clip of a bad prediction from Alex. If you'd like to hear it. Oh, I yes, would. absolutely. Okay. I mean, look at this Reuters article that's out right now. Or is that Bloomberg? Putin calls on Ukrainian military to seize power to better negotiate with Russia because he knows it's a bunch of globalist factions in there and a bunch of former presidents jockeying for control. He's like, listen, I'll negotiate with the military, which is a very smart move. I would expect this to be over in 48 hours. What do you think? So that was on February 25th. Uh, going to be what over in today? 48 hours. What day is today? It, it, we're recording this uh, on April 16th. Ooh. He's a little bit off. Uh, yeah, slightly. Slightly. <laughs> yeah. So since that point, Alex has done exactly what he always does, and that is that he's become more or less a stooge for whatever Putin says. He plays defense for Russia at just about every point, and he goes out of his way to sow doubt and soft sell narratives that uh, you know things like atrocities that happened in Buka were fake. This is part of Alex's consistent playbook, and it's exactly what yeah. he's done with all kinds of stories. Every time there's something like re- related to Syria, he's it's the exact same thing. Yeah, and he's had on like major war crimes denialists in Syria, like Partisan Girl and stuff mm-hmm. on his show. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's and- he's really tried hard to thread a needle that you would you would kind of associate with somebody who's not a Holocaust denier. It's like, oh no, 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 I know the Holocaust happened. But they're lying about how it happened. They're lying about all this stuff. So, yes, you're a Holocaust denier, but you're trying to act like you're you're able to both be, you know, no, 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 they're all lying to you. He hangs out with quite a few Holocaust deniers. Exactly, exactly. He does. And also, this is something that just came up. You guys brought up a fellow in one of your ep- most recent episodes in the past, like 2003, that Alex was quoting a guy named Scott Ritter, who was a former uh-huh. UN weapons inspector. Yeah. Do you know anything else about Scott Ritter? Because you didn't say much else about him. I'm, I'm wondering, because I, I may get to tell you some interesting facts about Mr. Ritter. I sure as fuck don't. I may not know all that much. So he was quoting him because about stuff Ritter was saying about like the, the, the Bush administration's lies going into Iraq and whatnot about Iraqi was- WMDs. It he was is, specifically um, in context of a uh, uh, article about the quote the the fake uh, uh, British yeah. secret society within the police. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Well, Scott Ritter today is like a major war crimes denialist. He did a lot of like there were no chemical weapons attacks in Syria. Oh, um, he's a Buka denialist. Um, he's regularly on Russia Today and quoted by like the Gray Zone. And he is also a convicted pedophile. Um, oh, he has been wow. the subject of two police sting operations because he keeps trying to fuck 15 year old kids. Jesus. Um, two? Yeah. 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 Two. Fucking two to catch two a predator stinks. would have gotten this guy on one. Um, he is a real piece of shit. Scott Ritter. Wow. That just um, goes to show you that like, you know, even like, when, and when I don't overturn some rocks, yeah, there's even yeah, more. Yeah. Our episodes could be longer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dude, he, the problem I'm sure that so many people since. have said about our show is it's not dense enough. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I, that's that's kind of where I left off with the, the clips uh, about Ukraine. It's beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some of the stuff that, that's happened since has also been the same kind of stuff that you see in the right wing media. You know, you have the um, the bio labs conspiracy. Alex was jumping on board with that. And, you know, basically every thread that gets pulled by zero hedge yeah. or gateway pundit is going to be 
mirrored and echoed and exaggerated on Alex's show. Absolutely. He's become he's become uh, I mean we've we've talked about him as this part of the bullshit laundering machine where uh you know some obscure nutbag throws out some nonsense and then that's picked up by uh you know zero hedge or the like mm-hmm. and they just water it down a little bit and then that's picked up by Alex. There was a time where Alex would be the crazy weirdo uh, who's relatively obscure yeah. coming up with some bullshit or it would be a guest on InfoWars or who would maybe have that. or maybe it would just be something that one of his people found on a creepy message board yeah, or totally, something totally totally and now it is it is literally him i mean just bo- just lazily ambulance chasing headlines but i think you know? uh, but i think one of the things that makes the the immediacy one of the reasons i focused on like when these things are happening mm-hmm. is that it does kind of demand you figure this out Figure out what you're going to say about this because you're fucking live on air right now. Totally. You got to say that Zelensky's a double agent. You got to do something. You got to yeah. figure this out. <laughs> and I find that to be like, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Sure. And when you got to say something, right? It's uh, that's 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 really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if for Alex, he can never live in this space of like, we'll find out or just wait and see or this is this is developing it is always i know exactly what's happening today it's part of my current scheme that everything is happening around that i've had quote unquote for 20 years yeah if everything's connected nothing can be a surprise exactly and then you know you just change the narrative when you need to because you always need to and then pretend you didn't hey you've never changed the narrative once yep yep ah well this has been quite a quite a tale um, I don't know about all of you, but I feel, well, I feel actually terrible. Um, <laughs> you, you, you've that was me, the hope. I'm significantly, ah. I mean, I, I did broadly speaking know a lot of this cause I watch, listen to your show constantly. I do watch it, but that's, that's not something you put up online. I just am stalking you. But, I mean, you can hack um, into anybody's webcam really, but you, you also may yeah, have forgotten about hacking. the, the theories about uh, Chinese specific bio that that I had not remembered. Um, <laughs> good Lord. Um, so, yeah, this has been a hoot. We're going to come back uh, later this week and we're going to talk about Alex's legal um, adventures. But first, Dan yeah. and Jordan, you want to plug your pluggables? What do we plug? We do up in this B. All right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've heard of us on knowledgefight.com. That's correct. Yeah. We're also on, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, at knowledge underscore fight. And I go to bed, Jordan. I'm setting up an Etsy store. <laughs> no, I'm not actually not. doing that. He is not. But I should. I like making buttons. You might. That's mm-hmm. all. <laughs> well, this has been quite a time. Um, go with Christ. <laughs> Via con Dios. Mm-hmm. Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 